Hey, hi, guys. It's Kamala Harris. How are you? Hello. Hi. Good afternoon, Vice President. How are you? Good afternoon. I am well. But it's good to hear your voices. Everything's same, good? Same here. I just wanted to say welcome to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I love Miami. Thank you. It's good to be back, at least virtually for now. Yes. Absolutely. So let's get straight into it, VP Harris. You are actually visiting uh, Florida. You're going to Tampa and Orlando tomorrow. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. And I'm really looking forward to being in the state and there to do a, a number of things. Um, in Orlando, I'll start the day with visiting with the thousands of members of the Black Sorority Alpha Kappa Alpha, of which I am a member. And I'll be talking about some of the challenges that face us at the moment, but also the history of leadership in particular of, among the women of that organization for generations on things like voting rights and, and the fight for equality. So I'll do that. Then after that, I'm meeting with some state legislators in Florida, in particular to talk about the fact that the United States Supreme Court just took a constitutional right from the women of America, and we need to fight to protect that right. And then I'm going to jump over to Tampa and meet with our service members and most importantly, thank them and their families for their service, but also talk with some of the, the, the folks who are part of our our, um, leadership for our military, a classified meeting we'll have about some of the threats to our national security and what we're doing about it. That sounds so awesome. So this morning reports came out that inflation is up 1.9% is the biggest increase in more than 40 years. And we all feel it down here in South Florida and I'm sure everywhere else with the increase in rent, food, gas, name it, it's going up. What has to happen for things to get better for Americans? Well, first of all, you are right that this is an issue that is impacting a lot of people and it is for that reason one of our highest priorities to deal with it. Um, you know, in terms of the numbers that came out today, I will tell you that they don't reflect that there's been a drop in gas prices, actually down about 40 cents a gallon um, in the last 30 days. But that being said, one of the things that, you know, and I know a lot of your listeners actually are driving right now and listening to this interview. And so one of the things that we have done to bring down gas prices is also we released a million barrels of, of oil a day from what's called the strategic reserve. But we also need to, to focus on, to your point, all the expenses that people have to pay for. And it's about the cost of living, which is why we're fighting to say, look, Working families shouldn't pay more than 7% of their income in child care. And so we've been fighting to get legislation passed through Congress to actually support that approach. We're saying that we should bring down the cost of prescription medication, like insulin shouldn't cost more than $35 a month. So we've been fighting for that. We're fighting for paid family leave. But, you know, when you look at something like gas prices and the cost of things going up in the last couple of years, a lot of it had to do with the pandemic because production shut down and so the supply chain shut down and it caused, because there was a fewer goods, it caused the prices to go up. So we're working on bringing down costs, but we look at people as, as whole human beings, right? So it's the cost of what they need to purchase, but it's also about making sure that the services that folks need, like childcare and, and paid family leave, time to be able to leave work and actually be paid if you're sick, um, are also the cost that people have to, bur the burden they carry if we don't fix that problem as well. The president recently signed an executive order. Can you please break down what that really means? What does that mean? 
to us? So, first of all, there's a case called the Dobbs case that the United States Supreme Court decided just a couple weeks ago that took the constitutional right that was recognized for almost half a century that a woman has a right to make decisions about her own body, and the, the Supreme Court took that constitutional right from the women of America. And it's a really big deal, because what it means is that one of the most intimate, personal decisions a woman can make is within the privacy of her own life, within the privacy of her home, with her priest or her pastor, her family, with her physician, is now in the hands of the government to make that decision for her. In Florida, legislation was passed that also says a woman cannot have access to an abortion, even in the case of rape and incest. And there's right now in Florida a ban on 15 weeks, but we're hearing that some of the extreme members of the state legislature or I'm talking about a special session in Florida to reduce it down to six weeks, and it may even be um, from the point of conception, meaning that there would be a ban on a woman's ability to get an abortion even in in, in fewer six weeks or in the case of fertilization. So the executive order that the president signed is to say that we will put federal government resources into guaranteeing access to, to the medication that women need, which, by the way, the FDA approved 20 years ago. We're saying that we're going to protect and support a woman's ability to travel to get the kind of health care and reproductive health care she needs. Um, but it, what has happened in terms of what the Supreme Court has done is it is now opening up various states and they're, they're, what they are doing is passing laws that would essentially criminalize or punish women and their health care providers. So it's a very serious issue. I'm coming to Florida to be able to talk with state legislators about what we can do to support leaders at the state level to ensure that we are fighting to protect a woman's right to make decisions about her own body. Well, here's the thing. You know, first of all, the voters stood in line in Florida and other places around the country for hours saying, we want certain things from our federal government and our president, saying things like, we want you to bring down child poverty in America. And because folks stood in line and voted, We extended the child tax credit so that over the course of the first year, we reduced child poverty in America by almost 40%. Voters stood in line and said that they want the ability to have uh, the removal of lead pipes um, because lead service lines produce toxic water, which our babies drink, which has a direct impact on their ability to learn and their health. So we accomplished getting, for Florida in particular, um, $275 million to be able to remove those lead service lines, of which there are about 200,000 in Florida. Um, in fact, in Florida, in Florida is one out of 15 of the most contaminated um, lead lines, ser- service lines in the country. And so this is a big issue. You can ask any parent what this means or any teacher what it means. People stood in line and they said they want high-speed Internet. So many of our children were out of school during the pandemic. The only way they could learn is if they had access to high-speed Internet, but either it wasn't accessible or it wasn't affordable. We came in and have now put $100 million dedicated to Florida to get almost 1 million households enrolled in the Affordable Connectivity Program, which basically means 
families, working families would get a $30 a month subsidy to be able to afford high-speed Internet. These are some of the things that have happened. Voters stood in line in Florida and other places and said, you know what, it's not right that there's never been a black woman on the United States Supreme Court. And what happened? For the first time in the history of the country, there is now going to be a black woman on the United States Supreme Court, and her name is Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson. So there is a lot to celebrate in terms of the accomplishments we've seen in this first year and a half, but there is no doubt there is more to do. And so we've got to do that work. And when I think about the, 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 the way that we can make the change happen, it's a number of things, which includes focusing on, for example, the midterms that are coming up in about 120-something days and making sure that people vote, making sure that people vote in local elections, statewide elections, and, and federal elections, because it really does matter who's in office when we're talking about things like preserving people's rights, their constitutional rights, and fighting for working families in America. Yeah. Okay, so um, Madam Vice President Harris, also what, a lot of our listeners uh, have hit us up and they said that they, you know, one of the concerns they have is they always question why does the U.S. continue to give so much funding to Ukraine when there's so much that we need here at home, uh, you know, with people here? Well, listen, I mean, the, the reality of what's going on in Ukraine is that you have the, the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, who launched an unjustified, unprovoked attack on Ukraine, right? Uh, literally initiated a war to try and take by force another country and attacked hospitals and kindergartens and schools. And so we as America stood up and said, we cannot turn a blind eye to this violation of what we call the sovereignty and territorial integrity of an independent country, and that we're going to stand up and make sure that this kind of thing does not happen in the world in which we live. So we have taken a stand together with our allies around the world. And I think that most of us would agree it is important we do because, as we all know, when you stay silent in the face of this kind of aggression and injustice, um, it, 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 it can have real impact on all of us. So we have taken that stand. And we are clear that we need to defend these international rules and norms. And at the same time, we recognize there's work to do here at home. And so that's why we've been fighting to lower the cost of living for working families, be it as it relates to the Internet and access and affordability to high-speed Internet or a tax cut that we got for, for, for families in terms of child care expenses so that families now have, working families have up to $8,000 tax cut a year to help pay for food and school supplies and medication for their children. These are the kinds of things that we have accomplished at home, but there is still more to do. I understand that. So final question, Madam Vice President, what is the update with student loan forgiveness? A lot of graduates and college students want to know, can that just disappear and poof into the sky? <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I mean, look, I, 
I understand completely how serious this issue is, and it, not to mention that that you know I, I in my life had student loans that I had to pay off, so I know what that experience um, <laughs> can be. Mm-hmm. So I'll, let me start there. But also, I I understand what it means in terms of, for example, uh, you know, I when I was Attorney General in California, I sued one of the biggest for-profit colleges, Corinthian colleges, and I put them out of business. Um, because of the fraud that they were um, they were exacting on on students who just simply wanted to 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 invest in their own education to be able to get the jobs that would help support their families um, and so in fact, part of my work there was to argue for what we needed in terms of debt relief, and we ended up getting and canceling about five point eight billion dollars in debt relief for the the students who had borrowed money to pay these for-profit colleges. So I am all for what we need to do to support debt relief for students who are simply trying to invest in their education. And we're going to keep working on that, and everything is on the table as far as I'm concerned. On the phone lines, we've been speaking to Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. Thank you so much for your time and the 305. We appreciate you, Vice President. It's good to be with you guys. And take care. Take care. And thank you for your voice and for your leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.